Hey there, and welcome to the Intentional Academy podcast. I'm Tony Farrar. I'm Nicole Farrar. I'm Justin Thomas. And we're here to answer your questions about college and life and money and career. And we're really glad you're here. Tonight's a special episode. We've got just three weeks until the semester begins. And so our theme for the night is, what should you be thinking about? You know, three weeks of summer break left. What should you be thinking about? All right, Justin, give us some advice for freshmen getting ready to head to college in a couple weeks. So my advice is going to revolve around people that will be professional students focused only on class uh, and that would be living in the dorm on campus. Uh, I advise you to move in the day dorms open as early <laughs> as possible. Um, there's there's benefits that one, sometimes there's a lot less traffic and you can get in there easier, get all your stuff out and loaded in. Um, and two, you can start forming friendships. You, you have time where you don't even have class to focus on. So you get to go do fun things. You, uh, you know, you don't have the burden of class yet. And then the other thing I recommend you do is to, since you probably haven't actually walked the academic portion of campus, is to literally take your schedule and walk to where your physical class is, just to understand exactly where it is, how long that walk might take, because you never know when you're going to need to get there quickly. So. Oh man, I love that advice. That was actually my advice. Yeah. About the schedule. And seeing how long it takes you to get from one point to the next and how much time you have in between classes. Because even though I knew campus pretty well my sophomore year, I ended up having one class that was almost like a 20-minute walk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And because I knew campus so well, for some reason I felt like it was shorter. Like, oh, yeah, I know where that is. You know? And then I walked it and I was like, dang, this is far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 20 minutes across the drill field in the snow or the cold. Like, true. You have to think about obstacles, weather, rain, traffic, <laughs> traffic. People yeah. If you're stopping. downtown. So yeah, that was, that was actually my big yeah. thing too. Making sure you knew how long it took to get to from place to place. I just want to pause for a second and say, Justin, both of you guys, mm-hmm. uh, awesome advice because I think that what freshman year should be all about is exploring. That's the thing to really focus on as a freshman, whether it's, Getting in early so you can meet people and get to know your campus or Mm -hmm. trying new activities, taking classes that might not even be required. Go to a seminar, play a rec sport, you know, build your social networks and, Mm -hmm. you know, play around because your goal freshman year is to find that thing that lights you up so much that you want to major in it and spend the next two and a half, three, three and a half years studying it, Mm -hmm. right? There are three people on this show. Two of them changed their major at least once. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I had four. <laughs> uh, Nicole, yes. you changed a couple of times after you explored some freshman year. Yeah, well, I didn't in... change. I just was undecided. And then I kind of flip flopped a little bit. Right. And I think that we put a huge emphasis on having your life too far figured out. Mm-hmm. Half of the value in my mind of the freshman year at a full sized school mm-hmm. at a you know four year institution is mm-hmm. the opportunity to try things out and find yourself. Because I sure did not know what I wanted to do when I first got there. Well, let me ask you a question as a professor. Yeah. That first week of classes, I guess, when the students would be moving in and things like that, I know you have to go in a little early, too. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any opportunity for students to just kind of 
meet faculty or walk around and kind of knock on doors and say, hey, I see you're in an engineering building. And just kind of chit-chat a little bit, even if you don't even have the professor. Absolutely. Because I never did that. But now that I'm seeing it from your point of view and knowing that you have to be in there, you know, and you're not exactly busy yet, you know, because it's the beginning. So the short answer there is we're all forced to be there the entire week before classes start. Mm -hmm. And we're all bored. (laughs) My colleagues won't confirm that, but I'll tell you, we would love to be interrupted. Well, all the professors who are properly prepared. Well, especially (laughs) if you've already taught that class before. Correct. Sure. Yeah. But even if not, so something you can do is you can go on to you know, your timetable of classes and things like that. Yeah. And look up the names of the people that you'll be in class with. I'll tell you what, I had somebody come to me either their first or their second week as a freshman. They weren't even in any of my classes. That's right. Yeah. We have gotten together for at least a half hour a week ever since Mm -hmm. and had so many cool conversations and he's helped me out and I've helped him out. And there have just been, you Mm -hmm. know, a really cool relationship forming there that I'm sure he's benefiting from. Mm -hmm. Um, and it all just started by, yeah, that walking down yeah. the hall and saying hi, which is great advice for anybody. So that transitions nice sophomores, juniors, seniors, doesn't matter. Go meet the faculty and start forming relationships. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's important because you come from high school, if you're a freshman, not really having that connection with too many of your teachers in high school unless you were advised by them in a club or something like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because the age difference so drastic I feel like you're still really much a kid and they're still very much an adult Hmm. but when you come into college you're starting this journey towards major adulthood and so it's I don't know the word I'm looking for but it's it's a little bit well we like to see more relatable to actually have a relationship and a network with this person the people who are curious and exploring and wanting to think outside the box are the people that get me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. And I'm just one of many professors mm-hmm. that sits on the hall all day hoping to do something other than fill out administrative <laughs> documents. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, that's, that's freshman year. Mm-hmm. Go explore. Uh, last thing I'll say there is, you know, forming relationships early on, making good friendships is huge. It's really easy. I actually did this to go to college and cling to the four people you knew from high school that happened to go to the same place. Mm hmm. And one of my favorite quotes, I think it's Jim Rohn, says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And the more you solidify relationships early on, the more those are the ones you're going to stick with, whether they're good for you or not. Mm -hmm. The beginning of college is a great time to ask that question Mm -hmm. and spend a little time evaluating what kind of people you want to surround yourself with because they're going to influence where you end up and what you do. Mm -hmm. I also, as like a logistical side note, don't go too crazy prepping as a freshman for um, school supplies stuff until you at least go to your first week of classes because, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely talk to your professor, look at your syllabus if you need to have a book or something that you need to have already started reading or whatever it is. But some classes I needed a notebook, some classes I needed my laptop, you know, you kind of got to go to it first. And get a vibe of what kind of things you're going to need before you go. Right. Yeah, I would. Stuff. I would bring probably my laptop and just one notebook. Yep. And then just and take then your notes know. for the day or week, and then yeah. you can transfer those or 
or whatever when you decide what's best for you because yeah you know if i was going to geography or whatever i took linear notes but if i was going to most of my math classes i liked engineering grid paper to keep it all together so Mm -hmm. yep you learn all right so people in the middle sophomores juniors they're coming back now Mm -hmm. what do you say to them Hmm. what worked what didn't work Mm -hmm. you know now's the time to make changes because go ahead i'm just now's the time to make changes because you wait any longer and you're going you might actually affect when you can when you can finish Hmm. yeah so i I was gonna say this couple weeks before semester starts is a perfect time to evaluate what you should have been doing or missed out on doing and getting the ball rolling right away you know wow i really should have joined this club or gotten involved in this or that you know doing a little research to kind of figure out where you want that year to go. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, man. Every year of college seems to go faster than the one before it. And I remember waking up at the beginning of sophomore year and thinking, holy smokes, I'm already a quarter of the way done. <laughs> well, it turned out I was only a fifth of the way done. But, <laughs> you know, it, it goes really quickly. So, yeah, wake up and find those opportunities. Uh, the other thing that I'd really say is freshman year was all about exploring. I think sophomore and junior year in the middle, focus on the learning. Mm-hmm. This is a time to really prioritize your classes, really focus on picking up on the main ideas of whatever mm-hmm. your discipline is mm-hmm. and gaining that technical skill so that you can go after internships and things mm-hmm. like that. That's mm-hmm. the that's the big extracurricular goal now is to yeah. get yourself an internship, undergrad research, something like that, to yep. fill your resume and start building your career on. Yeah. This is the point where you should know what mm-hmm. you're going to do. You've made that decision and it's time to, to, to start. Right. To start tinkering with it. Yeah. At least what's, what's next. Yeah. 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 I mean, and don't think it's too early if you're a sophomore to be involved in something like research and things like that. Cause the earlier you start, you know, you have much more potential to, to carry actually, on. yeah, to carry on and develop mm-hmm. something pretty significant during the course of your years there, however many that ends up being. And you may feel like that you might not be able to provide technical impact Mm -hmm. but there are times where you need an outsider's view Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get the person's reason you know sometimes you you get blinders on and your heads are in the weeds and you need somebody who has no you know it comes in and can give you a fresh perspective on something yeah the newbie question is often the one that unsticks the expert yep absolutely the last thing i'd say is since you've started to think and commit to a particular field as you're picking majors and things like that, Mm -hmm. now's a great time to start watching. So maybe it's LinkedIn or one of those sites, Mm -hmm. start following people in your industry just Mm -hmm. to see what they're up to and what are the big problems going on? Mm -hmm. You know, Oh, you're into renewable energy. Fine. What are the challenges that are being worked on right now Mm -hmm. to implement that? Oh, you're into internet marketing. Fine. What are people doing right now about that? and start to build the network more so that you can watch it. This is test driving your career. You can watch what people do with your degree and find out if that's really what you want to be up to. And contacting them directly builds your network and gives you some serious insight and also is going to be what helps you when you go to your professor and say, so I think I'm interested in this. Right. You know, where should I go from here? You know, Mm -hmm. the professors have been through it and they know a lot of other faculty and they might say, take this class instead, or, you Mm -hmm. know, 
have you thought about a business minor or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're there to kind of connect those dots you might not see. Yeah. yeah. And if you're following the methods that we've been laying out for creating your online presence, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 helps you start your professional network and things, but don't forget that most colleges and universities also provide professional services mm-hmm. where so that's just another outlet. I I had my resume in and literally was at a buddy's house and got cold called by a company mm-hmm. and was offered an internship. Yep. So don't think that those companies don't have ends with the university. They like, you know, they, they know that that university provides the, the type of worker that they need for that mm-hmm. internship. So Hokey for hire, right? <laughs> yeah. Website. Hokies for hire. And then, but we were, it, it, we literally had a career development, like building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying one of many things that they've created mm-hmm. that specifically connects students to right. industry and you can take care so. of basically every school has a version yeah of that. Mm-hmm. yeah cool so brings us to seniors focus Senior on year. finishing <laughs> strong right <laughs> set your schedule up so that it's ideal for you mm-hmm. surround yourself with the people that make you excellent um be really really critical of the commitments you take I think mm-hmm. senior year in particular is the easiest time because you've had so many invitations building up sure to overcommit yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think senior year is the time you need to avoid that as much as possible mm-hmm. so that you can really focus on career development. Most people think about their career the day before career fair. Mm. And you spend four years studying and a whole day figuring out how to do something with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, ideally your senior year should be bordering on your easiest as far as your courses, course load. I would recommend sophomores and juniors if they do figure out what they want to do to kind of stack it stack it, and like really focus academically there so that your senior year can be finishing up the, you're going to have senior level hard courses you have to take that you want to be able to devote your time to, but you're going to be feeling that stress of prepping for professional research, trying to figure out how to get a job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need to build time in for that. Absolutely. So, and a, a lot of stuff that happens in senior year can be a little backloaded to, to where it doesn't seem like you're crazy busy all the time, but as mm-hmm. final projects approach and theses yep. and presentations, and then all of a sudden you need to prep resumes for career fairs and all that stuff that yep. they can stack really quickly on top of each other. So, yep. So. And potentially interviews mm-hmm. and things like that. You need to to save that time. Right. You don't want to be taking six classes your last semester to nope. graduate. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. And while you're at it, you know, it's the last year of college. Yeah. And you really want to enjoy yourself. Yep. So I I just recommend you know unplugging from some of the things so that you can respond to the random text message at three that says everybody's going for chips and dip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Treat it like Fine. a job and have regular hours and. I mean, Tony and I, we took classes as early as we could to try to be done as early as we could. Oh, yeah. And that paid off. Mm -hmm. The last thing I'll say, seniors in particular, find a way to give back. Do what you can. Mentor somebody. It's a chance to leave a little bit of an impact. All right. So now it's time to answer some questions that we've received from various mediums here. Um, Pretty excited about these. There's a lot of really interesting stuff. So Let's get to it. Yeah. Is taking the a.m. class better than taking the p- afternoon or p.m. class? 
In my opinion, I enjoy night classes more than I like morning classes. Yeah, and for me, I prefer morning classes because I feel like once I get my labs out of the way, like, I have enough time to study. Like, yeah. And I'm the opposite. I feel like (laughs) I'm more tired to comprehend anything my teachers are telling me in the morning. Mm -hmm. But at night classes, like, from, like, 6 to what? I'm more awake, I'm more alive, and I'm more likely to perform better as a student. So, taking classes, there's 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 some issues involved because sometimes some classes are only offered at specific times. Um, my method was take classes as early as possible and be done as early as possible. So I had time to do homework and basically clock out like a normal workday. That was that was the way I viewed it. I was also a professional student. I had no other obligations. Obviously, if you're a working student. You may not have that flexibility, and you might just have to schedule your class around when you have to work. So um, if you can avoid it, I would say get your classes done as quickly as po- as early as possible. But that's... Spoken like a true morning person. <laughs> I was just going to say, there is no right answer to this mm-hmm. question, because I did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I do not function in the morning, and so I took classes if I could help it, no earlier than 10 or 11 in the morning. I did have to take a few 8 a.m.s because that's when they were available. But I pushed it. I pushed it to the afternoon if I could. And I think the most important thing about this question is there's too many factors and that you should use a semester based, you know, your freshman year, you're not going to be sure. But based on if you're a morning person or not or what the availability is, test it out for a semester, you know, see what works for you and go from there. If you're working then you're going to have to be juggling two schedules. Mm -hmm. If you're like Tony, who is now having to teach a night class because it is only available at night, (laughs) you have to take it (laughs) one day a week at night, you know, but all things so, the same. If availability is where it's at, I yep. think the answer is to schedule it at a time where the energy level works for you. Yep. Some people that's earlier, some people that's later. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the really big thing to take into account is the energy you have and yep. what you're going to do with your blocks in between. Mm-hmm. Are you the type that's going to have it spread out, but you could actually sit down and work for an hour on homework? Or would you yep. rather stack things so that you can be done for the day and then go do your homework? My personal preference Mm -hmm. was to fill my morning with classes so that I could get out of class, go eat lunch, do homework, be done by dinner time, and Mm -hmm. actually have some free time in the evening, which, by the way, is when most of the activities in college meet, things like clubs and organizations and all that. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. all in the evening. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of keeps your day segmented. Mm -hmm. I didn't like jumping back and forth. Some people switch modes better than I do, though. Yeah, I personally would take mid-morning classes and lucky with the schedule, I was pretty flexible and the classes were widely available, but I would, you know, take a class and do my homework immediately afterwards, which was good for me because it was all fresh. So I was already kind of in that mode. Mm. So I would like take a 10 a.m., do my homework at 11, have another class at like 1230. So basically what you're saying is, is that we go back to the the segment before and use your freshman year to discover yep. what nice. works for you. Nice, Justin. I'm going to ask you a follow-on question to this. Okay. If you had to, if you had to pick 
between a class that fit your ideal time and a different class that all your friends were taking, what would you do? Hmm. Me, ideal time. Hmm. I, it just, I, uh, yeah. I would say ideal time, depending on the course, if it was really group oriented, I might reconsider if it's like lots of projects with groups, maybe. But if you know that they're taking the same course, even if it's not at the same time and there's a time that's better for you, you can still study together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't have to take it at the same time. So Nice. I'd go for the buddies. <laughs> you know, two thirds of the way through the semester, energy starts to drop. And if you've got four people and three of them are feeling like not going, but one of them's the one that says we're going, mm. everybody still goes. That's what's important about establishing new relationships. Or unless that right. class is industrial electronics. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that my experience in college was far better than it would have been had you and I not overlapped so many classes. I'm so glad we did that because energy and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and two different sections might be taught by two different faculty on two different schedules. Sure. My students are probably about to discover that with that night class. Yeah. I'm not going to follow the outline that the other people do. And so we really mm-hmm. couldn't do homework together. Okay. I get you. And there's a risk there. So it's a place for me where I'd make an argument that everybody switched to my favorite section. But if it was like five to one, I'd just go with the flow and actually stick with the crowd. But you don't You're right. That- develop new relationships with people in your class okay so maybe this is more for upper class freshman sophomore year yeah you're still like expanding your network but you know we had our group there was like the four of us and we did well together and Mm -hmm. once that solidified it was more of a tug of war of agreeing on a time than it Mm -hmm. was i i didn't have that and i was pretty personable so i always like found a buddy okay in every class that i took yeah Yeah, and you're right tony because we just our philosophies of when we wanted to take classes matched so we were yeah so is taking too many credits in one semester worth it so you can catch up or adding another semester is the best way to catch up even though you will graduate late all right so this is an interesting question again every question is personal you have to know yourself you know and learn about yourself here um taking too many credits Depends on the courses you're taking. It's very important, I feel. Some classes are a lot harder and need a lot more of your time. And if you're stacking classes, classes you probably could have done pretty decently in are going to just drop off if you're committing to the really, really hard courses. I stacked a ton of classes my freshman year because they were all the intro classes. And I knew to some degree it would be slightly easier than the more developed courses as I got older and that worked for me to make sure I stayed on schedule getting all those core classes out of the way like I said earlier about the senior year do not stack your senior year classes the last year I would rather take an extra year of school than try and cram in all those credits at the end of Mm. my senior year Mm. you know if you're like oh man I gotta take what four classes five classes i don't remember what the it was like 12 credits yeah well 12 credits was like safe i felt like that wasn't too much 12 credits was what i needed to get my financial aid that was like the load okay so that senior year it's like 12 credits don't try and take 18 19 credits 
a semester your senior year. If that's what it looks like, spread it out. Do 12, 12, and 12. Mm, (laughs) Take an extra year because it's just not worth the stress and also the lack of time you're going to have to do the other things you should be doing, like networking and clubs and whatever else, you know, developmentally. That's that's my opinion. So because I bounced around uh, my freshman year from majors, I was borderline graduating mm-hmm. on time to begin with, on time being four years. Uh, I was borderline to begin with. Mm-hmm. I ended up staying for summer school to make up for that. And I had such a great experience that one thing I will say is summer school is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like the experience is so different. The classes are smaller. Mm-hmm. The, the daily interaction with the faculty is really neat. Um, that would count to me as a quote unquote added year slash semester. Right. You know? So all I'm saying is there are options to offload a big semester that don't involve graduating, quote, late. Mm-hmm. Things to consider there. Uh, after I failed a class, mm-hmm. then I was faced with stacking 18 credits every semester for the rest of college or adding a year, and there was no middle ground. Yeah. But if I added the year, I could take the minimum number to be enrolled. Yep. I'm really glad I did that mm-hmm. because... I had so much of an experience, so much good experiences, mm-hmm. uh, really digging into the material and not being overloaded and not being overly stressed. It really paid off. It, for me, it was worth it. A year of your life is just not that long. Mm-hmm. It's not the the attention you'd be able to give the courses, having less of them, as well as other activities and enjoying college. You know, everybody says, "Oh, I wish I was back in college." It's true. <laughs> There's no reason to rush yeah. out of college. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. As an engineer, we had to have 10 extra credits than some of the other majors. Yep. So I I saw that, and I just said, well, I've got to have 10 extra credits. Might it, Let's just make it, and I can have 12 all the way. Mm-hmm. And it, just, I, it definitely made it a lot easier. It costs more. The panel on Instagram is leaving comments. They agree with you 100%. And for what it's worth, the other thing I'll add to this, because somebody's about to jump on me about the money. I know. That was my next next comment. How do you feel about the fact that you and I just paid for that extra year? Totally worth it. Yeah. I don't regret a single penny of it. It's worth one year. It's worth it. Absolutely. I don't know how much your school is, but... (laughs) To me, to be able to enjoy a little bit of college and create a better network that's going to get you the job, that's going to help you pay for that year. (laughs) Comments coming in from Instagram, too, are saying things like, I stacked a lot of classes to graduate on time, and it's my biggest regret. People looking back on college usually either couldn't wait to get out because they were putting themselves through misery, like overloading Mm -hmm. credits, Mm -hmm. or they look back wishing they could go back and do more of it. So yep. some of the yep. best times of our lives. I mean, we yep. did a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, is it better t- to join a sorority or frat early? Not even early, like while, while you're you were early. in like college, because yeah. we have a lot of friends that are frats, and they say that it's better to join that because you get more networking with people. Yeah. Like in long run when yeah. they apply for job they be yeah. like oh you're part of alpha phi alpha okay and like you back <laughs> that, you, <laughs> that really is a story for i think a friend anyway yeah. and then also with that um i'm gonna branch off that memo if that's okay um is it like is there a difference between like a social 
fraternity, um, social fraternity or sorority versus like um an academic one, or and club. which one is better? Or is it like does it matter or not? So social groups like fraternities and sororities, I think, are uh, really neat and have a place for a lot of people. This question's weird because nobody in our conversation right now was in one. We didn't have a very big Greek life at our school. Yeah, it was like they did their thing and everybody else mm-hmm. did their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say that I think that if you're looking at it purely because of a networking opportunity, mm-hmm. that there are so many things available to us now that pay to play in a frat or a sorority probably isn't worth it. Do you pay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, cost money to be in them. And so... If if you're worried about it from the professional networking side, I wouldn't let that drive me into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people really like just instantly jumping into a group and yep. finding their place there, and that works really well for them. So mm-hmm. that's cool too. And you're not referencing the professional ones like IEEE and things like that. That's not. I don't consider right. that. A no, no, no. Or fraternity those are those are more like professional organizations that people mm-hmm. remain in long after graduating. Yeah. Yeah. I was a part of a public relations professional group. Right. You know, that again gets, um, it was like the pre-professional group. And then when you graduate, you actually become a part of that. Right. As a, um, which yeah, now those I would highly recommend seeking out because it's a very low commitment costs almost nothing. Mine didn't cost anything. Or that some are free. Yeah. And those are more industry specific. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. Industry specific. So ours was, you would pay when you became a member as a, oh my gosh, what is the word I'm looking for? Graduate? Yeah, as a professional. Yeah. You, as a professional, you would pay, but as an undergrad, you just were a part of the group. Okay. So that was good for networking in that sense. Um, as far as the sorority thing goes, I have a ton of friends who join sororities, and I have heard both good good things and bad things it was really time consuming for one friend of mine and there was a lot of networking involved but like you said it's almost like it's not the only way so unless you want to join it for other reasons it can almost be all consuming and then you're kind of in a niche of well i hope i have an alumni sorority sister in the industry that i want to go to because I mean, that's they they use that. as Well, and a lot of time they expect your yeah. free time to be with them. So it, it is a big commitment. Yeah. It's a it's a huge commitment. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if the only reason is that you're hoping to have that connection, which it can benefit you greatly if you have a sorority sister, mm-hmm. someone interviewing you and say, "Oh yeah, I was in that sorority too." They do utilize that network and kind of say, "Oh, that's so cool. You're also part of this group," you know, but. It's not always, they're not always working where you want to work. They're not always, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, cool. It's a so, narrow field, I feel. So, so might have other reasons. Yeah, so check your motive. If it's, yeah. if it's a professional issue, there's probably uh, easier or better options. Mm-hmm. Cheaper better. options in like, some situations. I don't situations. like better. I don't, better. I don't think it's better. I just can't be the only reason. There are, my absolute yeah. advice. If it's, if if it's, it's career, networking. sure. If it's career oriented, yeah. If it's a social thing, it's the thing you want to do, then go for it. Yes, um, but it but, is very much all consuming. It can be very all consuming for sure, and it depends on the school. Some schools, it's like almost crazy if you're not a part of Greek life. It's like mm. the whole school does it. Mm-hmm. So that's a big factor too. I feel like if it was 
mm-hmm. more common. Yeah, of course, if yeah. everybody does it and you're looking to stand out. <laughs> no, I guess that's true. Hey, we got a question from Instagram. Wild question. As a college student, how would you suggest a student go about finding a mentor? Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, what kind of mentor, first of all, because you might want a student mentor, someone who's a little bit older, who's kind of been through it recently, or like a academic mentor, hmm. like a professor. <laughs> so my right. my personal philosophy on mentorship is that you should have several different layers. So yeah, like okay. people that are peers, but a couple years ahead of you. Yeah. Great to look up for uh, and to give you the... the Advice? The lay of the land. There okay. we go. They can tell you, watch out for that professor. Don't sign up for this thing, you know? So how do they find them? That's the question. I I started with the faculty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You find somebody who uh, works well for you in class, mm-hmm. and you go to their office hours even when you don't have a question. Mm-hmm. And you can start to form a little relationship there. By the way, we're all sitting in office hours hoping that somebody's going to come visit us. Okay. All is sort of... Many of us Many. Okay. <laughs> are sitting in office hours waiting that you'll come visit us. Uh, so I would start there. Uh-huh. And honestly, though, a big thing for me is that I vet the people I look up to now. I'm not just going to look up to somebody because they're older or more experienced than me. Sure. They have to have achieved something or mm-hmm. have a philosophy that seems to be working for them that I can learn from. Mm-hmm. And so I spend a lot of my time trying to pay attention to what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just being present, mm-hmm. you know, being the Justin and I were pretty big sticklers about sitting near the front of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And what happens is there could be 100 people in the room. But as far as the faculty is concerned, there's four and they're sitting in the front row. And you get that attention anyhow. And that slowly grows into things. And I did have a few like upperclassmen that gave me good advice from time to time and things like that. Mm-hmm. That either happened from an organization that I was in where they were leaders. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Or they were people that worked with that professor that I was following. Yep. Uh, but had started earlier than me. Yep. That was gonna. I, what I was going to say is if you end up doing something like undergraduate research and there's an older student involved in that that can be a source as well as organizations that you're a part of if you're in a group and there are leadership roles there. Most of the time, people who take on those kinds of roles want to help. That's why they chose to be a leader. And so it just is as simple as, hey, can we meet for coffee for half an hour and just chat? You know, like people like to give advice. All right. That's a really cool question. I want to circle back to that. Okay. We have a couple other mentorship questions. That's going to be another episode. Okay. Sweet. We'll do a whole thing about like building your people. That's really cool. Thanks for that one. Yeah. How early should you start looking for internship and how to do that? One of the problems I'm having is I don't know where to start, where to begin. And the fear of not having the like the qualifications, which a lot of these for me, I'm an engineer major. A lot of the qualification these jobs ask for, I don't have it, yeah. and I'm too scared to pursue internship or anything because I'm just like, 
I'm reading off the checklist. I'm like, yeah. don't got this skill. Yeah. Don't know how to do all this. Yeah, and as for me, as a as a pre med major, it's like I'm stuck to a hard place. Like it's my last year, and you know, um, a lot of this med school they're looking for an experienced person, and also like you've been well rounded in your academics as well. It's like it's mm-hmm. kind of hard for you to balance those two, especially when you have like a major like a computer science or like a pre med major. So it's just like, how do you expect me to have all this experience? When I'm having like organic chem and physics and all of these mm-hmm. other classes to concentrate on, like I'm barely like, you know, passing them. So like, how am I supposed to like handle that? And then you have to take in a factor of family and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and it's just so. it's just like they expect you to be well rounded. Yeah, it's fair enough, but at the same time, like it is hard. So I don't think it's ever too early to start looking for an internship, depending on what you mean when you say looking. I think that you need to start building your professional network the moment that you wake up. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't done that yet, you've already found yourself behind. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take a lot of effort, but just putting out those connections and starting to put feelers out and find people to follow and things like that, just on even on social media, just to know what your world looks like is, is a big help. Mm-hmm. Because then what happens is the way that I suggest you look for internships is to look for places that have either really well-established internship programs, which most big companies do, Mm -hmm. and they will guide you through the process. If you're not feeling qualified, they will Mm -hmm. take you from start to finish, and that's really cool. Or go after all the companies that nobody's heard of Mm -hmm. where you will be in a much smaller environment and get a lot more one-on-one time with your superiors. Mm -hmm. Let me put it this way. People on internship applications, everybody makes this thing, right? Oh, I need experience to get the internship and the internships to get the experience. And Which it's really frustrating. It's very true, especially if you're just going online and applying to random stuff without any kind of cover letter or connection prior, things like that. The cold call kind of stuff is what right. I'm thinking of. Right. I agree. That's difficult. <laughs> so we, I don't want to go as far as say we have a process yet, but we more or less teach a way of thinking about mm-hmm. how to get uh, a job or an internship. And it turns this business of applying online mm-hmm. on its head. Yeah. And what it comes down to, the short version is focusing on human connections instead of the robot computer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the number one thing you can do and start following people on social media that are working in your industry mm-hmm. so that you can join the conversation that just because they're posting up there, they've invited you to be a part of. Yep. And that conversation makes you capable of keeping up in your field. Yep. They know when they're hiring an intern that they're not getting an expert. Yep. What they're more interested in finding is somebody who's interested enough to be dialed in and paying attention. And so that's why I think focusing on talking to people is so important. I absolutely agree. And something else that's super important is when you say you don't feel qualified for anything. So let's say you find an internship in computer science and you're really into it. And they say, in order to start this internship, because we need people to run numbers or whatever it is, you have to know a program and you don't know it. And so you're like, well, they want me to do this work and I literally don't know. Start learning. (laughs) Yeah, there's your shopping list. Mm -hmm. Look for things ahead of time and say, wow, all the internships that I'm probably going to be interested by the time summer rolls around, Hmm. keep looking for this, this, and that. 
then go to your professor. Say, hey, I want to get an internship. That's incredible advice. You know, the uh, idea it, they yeah. keep saying I need to know MATLAB. I don't know. I don't so yeah, so as you <laughs> shop for an internship, sure. you're making the laundry list of qualifications that you need to have in the future. Yep. And now it's about time to go fill that list. Yep. Justin, you had a really cool story about transferable skills. Yeah. So there's a couple different examples of, you know, they ask, sometimes they list qualifications I don't have. So what Nicole was talking about is tangible, like talent. Like I yeah. know these mm -hmm. specific programs, but then a lot of times there's the vague works well with people, time yeah. management, things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, so two things, one, sh my, you, you could, you could pick a mother of five that are active in sports and her youngest kid is starting kindergarten. She wants to re-enter the workforce because she doesn't want to be home alone. She has 100% relatable managerial skills to be a manager. I can guarantee it. <laughs> the other thing I was telling them was there's an article that came out this week on ESPN that was talking about how their college football coaches decided that the demands that pull them away from their families were too much and they were they they were considering leaving and and going into another field and they had some mentors show them hey your skills relate to this one a uh, couple of people open up restaurants uh Chick-fil-A franchise and the okay. only difference the only difference is the fact that he's not coaches at coaching Xs and Os football Huh. You have a team. You have to develop that team mentality. You have to understand everybody's roles and responsibility. It's exactly the same. Um, no I, yeah, another one opened up a Culver's. Um, one person was a sports analytics guy and has taken the risk and entered the, the um, um, we'll call it the recreational marijuana business where he's doing, <laughs> he's, he opened up his own analytics firm. Wow, and he's doing statistics for people. Um, one person left and became a pastor. No kidding. And what it, what is he doing? He's got a you know in football you have to have a group of people that want to follow you and is and is one hundred percent committed to your cause. How is that not the same as being a pastor? Hmm. So maybe maybe what students need is a little bit of a a self esteem boost. Mm hmm. You're actually a lot better than you think you are. Mm -hmm. Look at that. You've got a GPA. You've managed all of these classes. You've you've got time management skills. You've got um uh, group work. Under, group work. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Group work. That's a big one. Undergraduate research opp opportunities. Undergraduate TA opportunities. Yeah, and in high school, I'm imagining at this point people who get into college because it has been so competitive as time progresses. You did that too, right? Sports in high school, clubs in high school, organizing things, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that's still relatable. You've got a story. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and on top of all of that is just the fact that it's so easy to connect with people. Yep. The thing that's hard is to get a computer system to filter your resume to the top. Mm-hmm. Saying something interesting to a person, try it. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Mm -hmm. Really cool tip coming in from Instagram yep. uh, is to pick up a hobby project. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I've worked with at least one student every semester who just came up with an idea and voluntarily started working on it. Mm -hmm. One of those is so big now that the students spent the summer using all the CNC machines and cool stuff at our building mm -hmm. to make a longboard. This is his engineering project for the summer. Gave himself an internship, more or less. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, actually did the analysis. What's really cool is documented that as he went. Mm -hmm. And he's put some really cool videos on YouTube uh, showing how he's doing it. And you want to talk about a modern day resume? Yep. Check this out. Here's my publications. I got a blog once a week. Here's my po Here's my, Here's my YouTube channel YouTube where I show channel. you the videos of all the things I do and how yeah. well I do it. <laughs> you know, you've got the opportunity. Yeah. I think we should close the question with this. If they were looking for experts, they wouldn't be advertising for interns. Mm -hmm. They'd be advertising for mid to late career experts. Yep. In the meanwhile, don't sell yourself short. Just go do uh, something interesting and important. Mm -hmm. Believe me, businesses understand that they have to invest time in you and that what they need you to do is there's a lot of OJT, on-the-job training, yep. that they, 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 they pick a, a person that they believe fits their mold yep. and then they feed them the information they need to become experts in that field. And honestly, you don't want an internship where that isn't happening Fact. because then you won't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> so if they're not willing to understand that you're trying to learn, that's not where you want to be. Yeah, don't suffer from the beggars can't be choosers attitude. You're interviewing them too. Yeah, true. Don't file, don't file the letter A over and over again, and that's all they let you do. And you know, I hope you know how to file. <laughs> you know, go in hoping to learn. Well, y'all, I had a really good time. Every one of the questions that we answered tonight was supplied by somebody who listens and reached out and asked. You can do that in the Anchor app. You can do it via any social media that you can find me on. Hit me an instant message, direct message, whatever you want. We want to answer your questions and help you out. So do that. Uh, in the meanwhile, thank you. Thank you for being here, for giving us your attention. Uh, time is precious and you spent some of it with us and we really appreciate that. So Here's Tony saying, hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks. That awkward moment where you hit end and it says, are you sure? So now you're just staring at the camera. Uh...